Indianapolis Colts are going to need contributions from a whole bunch of guys. And so I want to talk about some of those unheralded guys that the Colts are going to rely on or they're not going to achieve what people believe they can. They're not going to meet or exceed expectations. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about MS Communications selling its Indianapolis radio holdings to Radio One. This is a big deal, especially for me. I was an MS guy for 15 and a half years. We're going to talk about that. Some of this is sad. Some of this isn't so sad. We're going to talk about it. We're also going to talk about A.J. Griffin, who worked out for the Pacers today. We didn't get a chance to see a shot in this workout, which is really, really different. The Pacers are usually kind of generous in uh, allowing us to watch a little bit of the workout. Not much of the workout, but a little bit of the workout. And then we get to talk to the guys. And today, A.J. Griffin worked out alone. And then he talked to the media today. Interesting guy. Dad, longtime coach in the NBA, uh, played in the NBA for 10 seasons. Uh, his pedigree is unquestioned. He played one year at Duke, and he can really shoot. We'll talk about that. This is Inside Indiana Sports Now and Inside Indiana Sports Media Now with Ken Sterling for Monday. June 13th, 2022, brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. Johnson's Plumbing, you got a plumbing a plumbing problem? They got a plumbing solution. Let's say you had a girthy discharge. They're going to take care of it for you. You could probably take care of that yourself, but if it's really girthy, you're going to have problems getting that thing out, that, out of there. They'll come out, hurt, hurt, hurt. out it comes. It's what they do. 765-610-8809, that's the number. But seriously, like you need a toilet, get a toilet. They'll install it. Garbage disposal, that kind of thing. Some plumbing issues, leaky pipes, all of that. They got you covered. All right, let's talk about sports. The guys that have really got a ball out for the Indianapolis Colts. Naheem Hines is at the top of my list. He has got to get targets. He has got to get catches. I think he's got to catch 60 balls and, and let's shoot for 550 yards just receiving. Then he's going to get carries on top of that, but it's out of the backfield and in the slot receiving that he's got to do big work because other than that, what do you have with this offense? You've got Michael Pittman Jr., right? You've got Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell is another guy kind of under the radar, except we talk about him a lot. We just haven't seen him play a lot. In three years, he's played 15 games. That's not a lot. You have got to be able to get the ball to that guy, or you got real problems. If, if you've got an unhealthy Paris Campbell, then you're digging into kind of your kit bag of backup receivers, and you don't have a dynamic one. Not right now you don't. So Paris Campbell has got to stay healthy, and he has got to be dynamic. I would like to see him a little bit less dynamic, and I would like to see him, although this is really hard to change, hard to change the DNA of a ball carrier. Marvin Harrison came into the league knowing that creating contact was not going to be his thing. So Marvin would catch, sometimes take a few steps, and then burrow. Hit the ground, take what you can get, get up, live to play another play. Paris Campbell's a little bit different. Paris Campbell likes putting his shoulder into people, and that is not going to work for him in the NFL. 
These guys are bigger, they're faster than they were in college, and Alec Pierce needs to take note too. Alec Pierce needs to get down with every bit as much enthusiasm as Paris Campbell or both those guys are going to wind up on the shelf and all of a sudden you got a bunch of receivers called Dez and uh, Doolin and you know none of that is going to help the Colt Kiki. You don't need Kiki out there catching pack passes and you don't need DeMichael out there catching passes and you don't need Michael out there catching passes. Give me Pittman, Hines, Campbell, and Pierce. That's all I need. If you got that, you got a chance to run this offense correctly in the way that Carson Wentz did not. Matt Ryan is going to utilize Naheem Hines in the right way, and that is going to be a boon for this offense. And combined with the defense, you got a chance to be pretty damn good. I posted today a video of Gus Bradley's media session from last week in the uh, in the mandatory media uh, uh, minicamp. Had a chance to talk to him. After the guys went away, we talked ball and had a great time. I encourage you to listen to that if you have not already. Uh, Dio Odangbo has got to be a guy who steps up. All we heard last year after the draft, Odangbo was taken 54th overall, right? And Ballard's like, I'm telling you, it's a first-round guy. Without the torn Achilles, it's a first-round guy. We got a first-round talent with a second-round pick. We're going to have to wait for him to develop because he's got the torn Achilles and he's going to rehab that thing, blah, 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 blah. Time for him to play like a first-round talent. They got a lot of draft equity in that defensive line. You've got Yannick Noah, or Ngakwe. I keep saying Noah. Ngakwe, you've got, they traded... A, uh, a 34th overall pick in Rocky Scene for him. So that's, let's convert that to an early second-round pick. Right to Forrest Buckner. Colts traded a first-round pick for him. They expended a first-round pick on Quiddy Pay. Grover Stewart, the anomaly here, right? Sixth-round pick or fifth, fifth, fourth, somewhere beyond the third. That's for sure. Um, you had also Taekwondo Lewis. A second-round pick. You got a lot of guys. Ben Banigou, second-round pick. You got a lot of draft equity tied up in that defensive front. They had better be able to get to the opposing quarterback, and I really like what Gus Bradley had to say about that. They are going to be aggressive. They are going to attack. They are going to be aggressive. They are going to penetrate, and they are going to harass opposing quarterbacks. If they don't, they got a problem. You're not going to be able to run Gus Bradley's system without harassing the opposing quarterback. You have got to get aggressive. Defense in the NFL mandates that you're aggressive. You've got to be aggressive. You have to frustrate your opponent through your aggression. To the aggressor goes the spoils. That's what they say in all sports. And it is very, very true in football. Is it not? Of course it is. You're going to press. You're going to play press on the outside with corners with Stephon Gilmore and and with Isaiah Rogers and maybe Brandon Faison. You're going to play press. So if you're going to play press, you better be able to get home in about three seconds, or you've got big problems. All right, and you're going to have three seconds to do it. Unlike Eberflus's zone, where the corners were set up way back there in uh, Sue and Mike's yard over there and the receivers were here and could catch balls underneath third and eight didn't matter zone set up 12 yards off they hit a guy for eight 
first down, move the sticks. We're not going to have that this year, and thank God we're not going to have it this year. I'm telling you, if you want to watch a sideshow this year, I know we love the Colts here, and we're all going to watch the Colts, but watch the city of Chicago and how quickly it turns on Matt Eberflus. That city likes rabid dog defensive football. They love the 85 Bears. Still, they would rather watch, a lot of Bears fans in Chicago would rather watch highlights of the 85 Bears than watch today's Bears. They love aggressive football up in Chicago, and they're going to get passive football defensively with Matt Eberflus, who is, to me, the second coming of Dick Geron. At any rate, uh, we already talked about Paris Campbell, but the truth is, the truth about the Colts is this. If you don't have Matt Ryan and Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman Jr. and Quiddy Pay and uh, Yannick Ngakwe and Darius Leonard and Stephon Gilmore and, and the tight ends, whatever combination, and I think Kylan Granson is going to have a really good year. You watch Kylan Granson. He had a ton of targets out at minicamp. They are going to throw the ball to Kylan Granson. Matt Ryan likes Kylan Granson. So those guys, and you've got to find a left tackle. You've got, either it's going to be Matt Pryor or it's going to be uh, Bernard Ryman. One of those two guys, and maybe both. Maybe you've got Pryor early and Ryman late. That could happen. But you've got to have those guys ball out. And then we can worry a little bit about Odangbo and Hines and, uh, you know, a, a guy like Jelani Woods, Paris Campbell, although Paris Campbell is kind of a forefront guy, isn't he? All right, let's talk about MS Communications and what happened today. Uh, Radio One has acquired MS Communications radio stations in Indianapolis. That means uh, 107.5 The Fan, WIBC, both moving from the MS portfolio, which has shrunk to just about nothing. They own part of a couple of stations in New York, and that's it. Uh, to Radio One, which is part of Urban One. Urban One is the umbrella. You've got TV One, and, and you've got some other properties along with Radio One. Radio One has holdings in Indianapolis already, and Radio One is a cluster run by a guy named Deion Livingston, who used to work at MS back in the day. We used to play basketball with Deion. My son benefited from Dion's knowledge. My uh, Ryan would show up. He was like seven, eight years old, and Dion would show him stuff, and it was wonderful. It was when Emmis was kind of a family, and it was very, very cool. It's sort of a sad day for me that Emmis is getting out of Indianapolis radio. They've had a station in or around Indianapolis back to 1981 when Jeff Smolian bought WENS. WENS is now Hank FM right, the country station at 97.1. In 1994, Emmis bought WIBC and WKLR. WIBC at the time was on 1070. That was that their frequency. And then WKLR was 93.1. 93.1 then became uh, WNAP, and uh, then Radio Now. And finally, WIBC, that product was moved over to 97.1. 1070 is now dark, all but dark. I think they broadcast on one watt or something like that. And um, I was there when the MS building was built, had our offices all mapped out, so we went up with hard hats to check out the layout and all of that. Was there when the greatest party in the history of Indianapolis uh, welcomed 
MS Communications, or really MS Communications welcomed itself to Indianapolis. Rod Stewart played, uh, Cool and the Gang. It was a week-long bonanza. It was fantastic. And the products have changed a little bit. The management certainly has changed a little bit. I mean, here I am out in this beautiful area rather than in what was my office at the Emmis building. And uh, so now it, Jeff Smullyan will no longer own those properties. They will cede to Radio One. So it's kind of sad because what Jeff did back in 1994 was rescue us from the ownership of Sconix Broadcasting, Sconix Radio. A crazier bunch of wingnuts you've never met in your life for 18 months. Actually, only 15 months I was there. I got about 70 years of crazy-ass radio stories about Sconex communication, Communications running WIBC that at some point, maybe I put in a book. Maybe we do a documentary. I don't know what we're going to do, but those stories need to be told because they are straight hilarious. And I can't get them out of my head. Um... I was there when Emmis launched the fan. In fact, I got to be the program director of the fan as it was launched. So we hired the talent, we did the imaging. Uh, first hire I made was Michael Grady to be the assistant program director or executive producer. He was wonderful in that role. Great at it, a really, really talented manager, but a more talented broadcaster. And so he's in New York working for the Yes Network. Uh, great memories. And, and I don't think that they need to end. This is just another chapter, but I hate to see Jeff get out of radio because I, I know Jeff loves radio and, and uh, managed radio and owned radio stations with an eye toward the quality of the product and, and an eye toward the welfare of his employees. And uh, despite the fact that we separated Back in early 2010, I still have nothing but fondness for Jeff and nothing but fondness for MS Communications. And now that it's moving to Radio One, I wish Radio One and Dion and that whole group from Radio One nothing but the best. Um, okay, AJ Griffin. AJ Griffin is 18 years old. And when you talk to this kid, it seems like he's about 28. He is a really impressive human being, and that is the best part of drafting sixth. Yeah, he's a great shooter. 45.5% from beyond the arc while he was at Duke his only year this past year. Really good shooter, and you got to be able to shoot in the NBA. He's an elite-level athlete. He's got great pedigree. His sister a great athlete. His brother a great athlete. His dad played in the NBA for 10 years. Really, really good at what he does. But it's the character associated with the quality of, of the athlete and the shooting and all of that that makes all of these guys really, really interesting to be. You talk about him, Dyson Daniels, the guys that, they, that, the, um, that the Pacers continue to bring in who might be drafted sixth, you're like, wow, this is a stunningly mature dude. And if they draft A.J. Griffin, even though mock drafts, have him down the road. Dyson Daniels kind of down the line too in some of them. You know what? I'm not pissed off about it. I think you put Tyrese Halliburton and any of those guys on the court simultaneously. You got to trade Miles Turner. Like that's that's got to happen. Miles Turner. Uh, Dan said it today. He's quirky. Dan Dockich on the radio. Quirky. Yep. He's quirky. That is exactly right playing with Legos, doing all that stuff, and really 
seeming to be happier when he's not playing and is just watching and supporting his teammates rather than being on the floor. That's a thing. And and if if you continue to support that kind of life, you got a problem. Are they going to trade? I, I heard John today in the afternoon say that Pacers fans, like if you talk to him about trading uh, Brogdon, they're all in. They don't even need to know what the return is. They're just, hey, I'm in. Gone. That, I don't know what Malcolm Brogdon has done to make that, uh, boy, oh boy, a, uh, a, 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 to make himself persona non grata in Indianapolis. It's not easy for a guy like Malcolm Brogdon. I, I don't know what he's done to engender that kind of enmity in, uh, in Indianapolis, but he has. We'll see what the Pacers do. We've only got 10 days until the NBA draft, and I absolutely can't wait. Colts rolling, Pacers rolling, IU rolling, Purdue rolling, Butler hires Thad Mata. Are you kidding? Has there ever been a better time to be a sports fan in central Indiana? The answer is no. Emma Sells, sad about that, though.